right. Good morning, Christ Church. You're out there. All right. Good to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at Christ Church. Uh, great to have you in the East Venue. Great to have you in the West Venue. And uh, especially great to have our folks uh, joining us online today. And uh, we are launching uh, a new series today. Uh, it's called When Pigs Fly. And you may be old enough to remember that phrase. Or somewhere you've heard about that, uh, that phrase we use in culture. It says, hey, I'm going to believe that when... Yeah, so you know that phrase, right? Exactly. That's kind of the foundation of, uh, of what we're going to do uh, over this series is we're going to look at uh, some miracles that Jesus accomplished and uh, uh, we're going to try to glean from those miracles some uh, fundamental truths that we just need to absolutely uh, believe. And these are truths that if you're a Christ follower, they're, they're really important uh, that we understand, but they're also truths that culture in general uh, may not embrace, right? In fact, they may find lots of questions about it. And so these are going to be some of these truths that we just, we just carry forward because we're, we're believing people, right? Uh, we just believe this stuff. We believe uh, pigs fly. Well, in essence, at least, we believe God does miracles, right? I mean, I do. I mean, I just absolutely believe uh, that God is a God of miracles. Not only did Jesus do miracles, but I believe that uh, God still does them, right? It's just part of who he is, just part of his character. It's just the nature of who God is, that God is still a God, uh, who does uh, who does miracles? Anybody in the house still with me on that one? Yeah, you bet, right? West Venue, I hope you're shouting like crazy, right? You bet. We just believe that that's true, that uh, that's the nature of who our God is. Now, we've got to be careful uh, that as we get into these miracles uh, that we understand what we're talking about. We're talking about miracles that uh, actually involve uh, d divine intervention, right? We're, we're talking about miracles where, where God in his supernatural presence and authority uh, gets involved and, and does what only God can do, right? Uh, we're not talking about things like, you know, you're, you're late to get somewhere, you got to stop at the store and pick something up before you get there, and so you're pulling into the parking lot of the store, the parking lot is jammed with people, and you're praying, Lord, give me a parking spot that's close, and you get up there, and sure enough, a car backs out two stalls from the door, and you go, thank you, Lord, for that miracle, right? That is not a miracle. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. That is not a miracle. Good thing, thank you, Lord, but that's not a miracle, right? What a miracle looks like is you pull into that same parking lot and it's jammed and all the cars in the parking lot part. <laughs> and you drive up and park right in front of the door, right? That's a miracle, right? It's this divine intervention kind of experience. You see, it's the miracle when the doctors sit down with you and say, we can't explain it. That's the miracle. When we look at Jesus, Jesus accomplished miracles. And you can kind of take all these miracles that he did and start kind of bringing them together in, in kind of these groupings uh, of, of parallels of these, these miracles, right? And that's what we're going to do uh, here. Each week, we're going to look at a different one of these groupings. So, you know, we all know Jesus did uh, healing miracles, right? We're going to look at that next week. I hope you're going to be here. Tough topic, uh, right? But we're going to take a, take a run at it, right? He did healing miracles. He did mir miracles of protection. He did miracles of uh, provision. Uh, and today, we're going to look at miracles of uh, deliverance. Now, as we look at the miracles of deliverance, it's like, 
Hmm, okay. <laughs> well, it is Halloween weekend after all, right? Uh, deliverance from, from, from what? Well, if you look at Jesus and some of the miracles he did, he delivered people from the power of evil. That's what he did. He, he delivered people from the power of evil. He confronted evil spirits. He confronted uh, demons. He confronted the evil that is loose in our world. And he freed people from the power of that evil. He delivered them. You see, here's the simple truth, that if you're a Christ follower, uh, even though the culture we live in may come up with all kinds of explanations and rationalities and all that stuff, for a Christ follower, for a believer, there is a, just a simple truth that we understand about our world. And that simple truth is simply, there is a power of evil loose in the world. And that power of evil is doing everything and anything it can to stop the spread of Jesus. Right? This isn't just a power of evil that's out there in the world just kind of doing, creating commotion and havoc and problems for people. No, this is a power that is a focused power. It's important for us to understand. This is a power that is loose in the world, and it is focused on trying to squelch the name of Jesus. It's trying to stop the spread of the name of Jesus. It is trying to put to death the power and the impact of Jesus in people's lives. It is trying to do everything it can so that Jesus has no impact in your life. The Apostle Paul, he identified this power as uh, he wrote to followers. He says, listen, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of what? Of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What did he understand? There is a power loose in this world, and this power wants to stop the spread of Jesus, the impact and the power of Jesus in people's lives. It's where this discussion comes from. Paul is having a discussion. Paul the Apostle, the guy out there who spread the gospel through the Roman world, right? Who was confronting this power over and over and over again. He's involved in a discussion with some religious leaders in this time. And what are they doing? They're trying to stop Paul from preaching the gospel, right? He's in this dialogue and these authorities are trying to stop Paul from preaching the gospel. And so he calls him out and he says, listen, you are children uh, of your father the devil. And you love to do what evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. Remember, Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. You get it, right? He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Now, I'm not going to be up here this morning trying to go through and give you all the characteristics of the devil. This is not where we're focused this morning. We're simply focused in helping us understand the truth about our world. And one of the truths about our world is that there is a power loose in the world, and it wants to squelch the name of Jesus. 
And we have to understand that, and we have to take that seriously. There's a great theologian named C.S. Lewis. Heard of him? Pretty smart dude? Yeah, smart guy, smarter than me, right? Pretty smart dude. And uh, when he was talking about this very topic, he looked at the church, he looked at followers of Christ, and he says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall in our thinking about devils, right? So he's saying, listen, there's two possibilities. Both of them are bad, right, if we allow this to happen to us in our thinking, right? One is to disbelieve their existence, to somehow rationalize everything away or just ignore or just say, well, you know, no. He's saying, that's bad. That, that would be a huge error on our part to not acknowledge the truth of what we're talking about today. That would just be a huge error. He said there's another one. The other error is to believe in their existence, the existence, but to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Right? To kind of go the other way and say, yeah, everything's evil. Everything's bad. It's all the devil's fault. Everything that happens in my life is the, is the result of evil. It's not me. It's all the devil. The devil's fault that did that. I'm broke because the devil did that. I'm, my relationships are falling apart because the devil did that. No, they're not. He didn't do that. You spent too dang much money. That's why you're broke. It's that simple. Your relationships may be in the can. That's because you're just obnoxious and hard to be around. Because <laughs> you're not practicing the principles that Jesus would have you practice. You see, so there's these two things, and we've we got to be careful. We can't get lost. We've got to live in the middle of those two things. One is understand it and take it seriously. At the same time, don't blame everything off over on the power of evil loose uh, in the world. What does it mean? Try to give you an image. It means for us that in the Christian faith, we don't live on a playground, we live on a battleground. Right? We don't live in a playground where our Christian walk is going to be all lollipops and ice cream sundaes. Right? It, it's a battleground. That when we're doing our walk, when we're doing our day, when we're trying to be faithful out there in that real world out there, we know there's a force that's at work and it is contrary to the gospel. It's contrary to the purpose of Jesus in our life. And it is going to try and take hold of us. Again, the Apostle Paul, talking to the church in Ephesus, says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, right? When he raises his head. Then after what? After the... See what he described it as? Not a playground, it's a battleground. This is where we live. This is why we, as Christ followers, need to understand and take seriously this simple truth. That every single day there's a power at work and it is out there. Peter says it's like a prowling lion waiting to devour us. And that same power was at work when Jesus was walking the earth. And Jesus confronted that power. Jesus went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. You can go into the New Testament, into those uh, writings that record his deeds, words, and his ministry, and you'll see that Jesus confronted evil spirits. He confronted demons, right? Sometimes he confronted demons and cast them out, and there was some kind of a physical ailment also uh, related to them. But you can see right here, he was busy dealing with the power of evil loose in the world, wasn't he? 
That's not all. He also just confronted demons, not any kind of physical stuff going on. He just confronted them and cast them out. Look at the list of times that he was willing to go toe-to-toe, face-to-face, and confront this evil. And here's the truth. He hasn't changed. He's still willing to do it. And evil hasn't changed. It's still trying to to influence us. If we look at what is it, what is it that these evil spirits, what is it that these demons, what is it that this power contrary to God desires to do? Well, it simply is something that tries to tempt us uh, to follow his ways instead of God's ways. It tries to draw us away and tempt us uh, into sin, right? Tempt us so that we'll listen to that voice instead of listening to God's voice, right? If you look at uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul said, then they'll come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, right? We just don't follow the word, stay, stay true to the, the faith that we have, and, and we get fall in this trap. He said they've been held captive by him to do what? To do whatever he wants. Truth is, every single day there's a power at work, if you're a Christ follower, that is trying to draw you away from Jesus. It's trying to draw you in to do things that are contrary to God's word. They're trying to draw you to do things that are contrary to what God wants to do and accomplish in and through your life. Why? Because if the evil one can get you to go his way, he invalidates your opportunity to spread Jesus. If the evil one can get you to follow his way, it means you're not following God's way, and therefore God can't do and accomplish everything that God wants to do and accomplish in your life. He is squelching the power of Jesus in your life. And so he is going to continue to try to tempt you to just do it his way and not God's way. Or he will continue to try to distract you from God's will. Meaning that somehow God may be working in your life and God may be putting something out in front of you that is, that is clearly where he wants you to go in your life, something he wants you to, to accomplish uh, in your life. Maybe it's a ministry here at Christ Church that he's saying, hey, listen, you need to get involved in that. Or it's something else that, that he just says, hey, I want you to speak to this person. You need to start talking to this person about, uh, about Jesus. And what happens? You begin to create all these reasons why somehow you can't do that. You begin to create all the reasons of somehow why you can't step into what God clearly wants you to do in your life. Well, you know, it's just not the right time. You know, I'd start tithing tomorrow, but I just don't have enough money in the bank, right? I'd do this, but this, it's just not the right time. That's not working right. This isn't in the right place. All the stars just aren't lined up in the right spot. And we come up with excuses and reasons why we shouldn't step into what is clearly what God wants us to do. Why does he want us to get distracted from what God wants to do? Because if we do that, no lives will get lifted, no name of Jesus will get spread, and nobody's lives will be impacted by the power of Jesus. If you look at Paul again, Paul says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. And if you do that, it means God can't work. It means you're not going to work in somebody else's life, and Jesus is not going to spread. Evil is just at work, and sometimes it's just at work, and it inflicts pain. 
when we fall into sin, right? When we follow his path and we fall into sin, we get further away from Christ, we get further distance from Christ, it's, it's just going to cause uh, pain. Sometimes it's emotional pain, sometimes it's physical pain, right? We're just going to be captured by this darkness. It's going to be oppressive. It's going to weigh on us. It's going to push us down, and it's simply going to hurt us. You go into the experience with Jesus as he confronted toe-to-toe with demons. So he confronts demons, and a father brings his son, and he says, Listen, have mercy on my son. He has seizures, and he's what? He suffers terribly. He often falls in fire. He falls into the water. And what does Jesus do? He rebukes the demon of the boy, and it left him. And from that moment on, the boy was well. You see, it just wants to inflict pain. Okay, feeling good about now? I mean, that's a hard truth, isn't it? And yet here's an equal and even more significant truth. Evil spirits know Jesus and they fear him. Evil spirits know Jesus and they are afraid. Look what happens. Matthew 8, Jesus is confronting an evil spirit. He's confronting a demon. It says, the demons began to scream at Jesus. Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Do they know who he is? Do they know that he's going to be able to overcome and interrupt what they're trying to achieve in that person's life? Absolutely. Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Or you go to confronting, again, a man who's in a synagogue. Notice where he is. He's right here. He's right in the house of God, right? He's in a synagogue, and he's got this evil spirit that's, that's working in his life. And so he, the spirit cries out of the guy, and it says, Why are you interfering with us? Same language. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Knows who he is. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The people were watching. They were amazed. They're gripped by the whole thing. They began to question. They began to talk about what the heck is going on here in the synagogue. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Evil spirits even obey Jesus' orders. Evil knows Jesus, and it fears him. You know a truth? Right now, in this moment, in this room, evil is afraid. Evil is trembling in fear. Why? Afraid that you will believe. Afraid that you'll hear what we're talking this morning and that you will actually believe that Jesus has the power to free you. Evil is afraid that you will take all of this very seriously. Because some of you right now are listening to the wrong voices. Some of you right now got stuff going on in your life that's 
put you in a prison. Some of you right now are captured by oppression of an evil force in your life. Some of you are captured by a sin loose in your life. Some of you are understanding really clearly the power of darkness in your life. And you need to know right now that power is scared, afraid. It is worried that you're going to believe this morning that Jesus can do what only Jesus does and cast that out of your life and free you from that and forgive you and give you a new future so that you can live the life God chooses for you. Evil is absolutely afraid that you will believe and trust Jesus. And Jesus gave us the authority, not simply to talk about this this morning, but he gave us the authority to be able to declare this truth this morning. He gives believers, followers of Jesus, the authority to be able to overcome and say no to those influences and those powers that are trying to grab hold of their lives. He called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them what? He gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. He gave them the authority. He gives you as a Christ follower the authority to stand up in your life and say, listen, I know evil is real, and it will not have control of my life. I know evil is real, and it will not direct my life. I know that evil is real, and it is no longer going to influence me in any way. I belong to Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. And so Paul says, listen, take it seriously. Understand the authority that Jesus gives you to say no. And go ahead, put on every piece of God's armor so that you're going to be able to do what? Resist the enemy when he's tempting you. Resist the enemy when he's trying to draw you away from doing something God wants you to do. Resist the enemy when he's trying to oppress your life with fear and anxiety. Resist the enemy. Then after the battle, you will still be standing where? firm you see he's given you the authority and not just today and not just in this room but when you go back out there on monday for the rest of this week for the rest of your life he's giving you the authority to surround yourself with the power of god in your life to be here in worship to come to the table every single week to believe those words at the table when he says, listen, this is Jesus and I'm here for you and I claim you and I forgive you. To believe the words that were spoken over you when you were baptized and he said, listen, from now on you belong to me and the evil one has no power over you anymore. To absolutely believe and to surround yourself with Christ followers, to get together every week and get in the Word together, to pray consistently and persistently, to go ahead and do what is right and faithful and good and ask for God's supernatural authority to keep doing it. To just go ahead and step out boldly, believing that Jesus has the power to overcome that evil in your life. And it no longer can take hold of you. And just pray for that supernatural authority to be able to live that way, persevere, and overcome. Paul says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, even when you're tempted. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers, right? For yourself and for all believers everywhere. You see, not only does evil exist, but so does light. And we, we have lent to us 
the most incredible, powerful light that ever has been in the world. I mean, a lot of us think that uh, darkness is the opposite of light. That's not true. Darkness is the absence of light. It is the absence of light. But when light comes in the room, darkness can no longer overcome the light. That's exactly what Jesus said. He said the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. There's nothing the evil one can do in your life that can overcome the power of Jesus in your life. There is nothing that darkness can do in your life that can overcome the forgiveness that Jesus brings to you. There is nothing that darkness that can do in your life that can draw you away from the incredible life that God would have for you if you just stay in the light. The Gospel of John, uh, the Gospel writer of John says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory. You've already won that victory over these people because what? The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. See, I, I don't have to wait for pigs to fly <laughs> to know and understand and believe there is a power loose in this world that wants to squelch Jesus in your life. But I don't have to wait for pigs to fly to understand and know that Jesus is greater, stronger, and he is absolutely unafraid to face anything in your life. And he walked out of a tomb, and he defeated death, and he will defeat it again in your life. And he is in this room, and the evil one is trembling, that when you come forward to the table this morning, you'll believe it. You'll believe those words. This is for you, Jesus for your forgiveness, for your new life, for a life empowered by Jesus in his name alone. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace that we can trust you in all circumstances. Uh, Lord, it's real. It's, it's a reality of our world that uh, there is a power that's loose in the world and it's trying to drive Jesus out. But Lord, we know we're claimed by you. We know in the waters of baptism, you have taken hold of us and you will never let go. Uh, we know that when we come to the table, all we have to do is receive you and believe and our sins are forgiven. Yesterday is over. It is a new day and we belong to you. We can squelch all the voices of darkness in our life. We can cast out those evil spirits at work on us and we can be free from our prisons and instead, we can step into the light. We can step into the future that you would choose for us. We can live according to your word. We can be surrounded with followers who believe as we do. We can be set free to spread the name of Jesus, that we can exercise the authority to say no to the darkness and say yes to the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we pray this morning for everyone in this room. Uh, for those uh, listening, we, we pray, Lord, do a miracle. Do a miracle today. Set us free to just believe in you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.